This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me today on another episode. I think we're at episode 39 now, which is just crazy. Before I know it, we'll be at 50. And then before I know it after that, we'll be at 100. (laughs) So I wanted to just take a moment to thank you all for listening and supporting and sharing this podcast episode and just the podcast in general with your friends, family, loved ones, people you want to harass. I mean, whoever. Um, I really, really can't put it into words how much that means to me. So thank you endlessly. If you're feeling moved, I would love for you to give me some feedback on the podcast as well. Or if you're really loving it, give me a five-star review. That would really help me reach more folks and help make a difference in hopefully their lives as well. So today's episode, talking about Watts. Where are those Watts coming from? And, you know, this, of course, really pertains to all sports because all sports do generate some sort of watts or power. But today, of course, we're going to be talking about predominantly biking and mountain biking in particular. So watts measure your power on the bike. Okay. In in order to move your bike, you you basically need to apply force to the pedals, right? (laughs) That's basically what generates power or the watts on the bike. And if you think about it in terms of an equation, which I know I don't want your eyes to glaze over, especially if you're driving right now, but I'll, I'll try to make this kind of exciting. <laughs> so if you think of it in terms of an equation, power or P equals force over time. So there's some division there. And the force in this equation is the pressure that you apply to the pedals. The time is basically your cadence or your RPM or uh, revolutions per minute that you pedal. So the speed in which you pedal. So power again equals the force or the pressure applied to the pedals over time or the cadence or RPM that you pedal, right? Now, thinking about this, there are a few ways that you can apply power on the bike. So one way is you can be in a really low gear, grinding away, grinding your brains out at a slow as hell cadence, but with a lot of force applied to the pedals because you're you're just pushing, you're huffing it, especially if you're climbing, all right? Another opportunity is that you can be in a higher gear, spinning more quickly, so you have a higher RPM or higher cadence, but you're climbing up a mountain with lots of power to the pedals, for example. Um, You know, you could also be doing that really going down a mountain rather too. Uh, So there's a few ways to apply power to your pedals when you really think about it. And I'm sure you've done, you know, both of those scenarios in general. Uh, Because, I mean, another scenario is also on flats. You know, if you're on a flat getaway, uh, maybe a, a gravel road or something like that, you could be in a harder gear or an easier gear, and then you can adjust your cadence accordingly, depending on, you know, if you, if you just want to spin out your legs or if you want to apply a little bit more pressure. But 
The point here is that no matter how you apply power to the pedals, you want to be efficient when you do so. So that's really going to be my focus on today's episode. And this is going to be a short one too. It's not going to be very long, Uh, but I just want to help you folks kind of understand a little bit more about how we can make our pedal stroke a little bit more efficient and also, you know, how you can make your body more efficient. And this is where strength training and other training really comes into play. And a lot of like self-care mechanisms or self-care processes that they really help you alleviate any kind of trigger points that you might have in your body and things like that. So we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, But ultimately, again, you want to be efficient when when you apply power to the pedals. This means basically that your pedal stroke, it should be as efficient as possible so think of it like an evenly paced and and pressured circles or ovals when you think about your pedal stroke okay should be more like circles and less like stomping basically is what i'm trying to say so if you're clipped in your pedals you know and you're you're doing clipless pedals basically and you're attached to the pedal then, you know, you'll likely have a little bit of an easier time keeping your stroke smoother because you can pull up actively on those pedals since you're attached to them. But that doesn't mean that if you're on flat pedals that you can or should make your pedal stroke absolute rubbish. <laughs> your your pedal stroke should not be shitty. Uh, that's, that's, you know, a good rule of thumb to, to abide by. Now, I'm not saying that my pedal stroke is by all means perfect because I definitely have a shitty pedal stroke occasionally, especially when I moved to flat pedals uh, a few months ago. Holy hell, when I wasn't able to pull up on my pedals and I was climbing (laughs) some of these trails in Colorado, I definitely was uh, thrown for a loop. Let's put it that way. But it was a good kind of loop to be thrown for because it really made me uncomfortable and it made me realize how much I do depend on pulling up on things when it comes to certain tricks on the bike or, you know, surmounting obstacles or, you know, really just a lot of just crap that I do on my bike. Uh, even cornering and things like that. I was really depending on the actual being, a, the actual uh, me being attached to my pedal, if that makes sense. Versus when I got on flats, it really actually helped me kind of smooth out my pedal stroke a little bit. I'm still stomping just a little bit more than I'd like to. Um, So my pedal stroke definitely is a little bit more quad heavier uh, than I'd like it to be. But what's cool, and this will help for, for those of you who are on flat pedals, is if you are in flat pedals, it's not a lost cause. So I want to go ahead and reassure you that. If anything, flat pedals are actually going to help you learn how to effectively pedal and also help you learn how to not depend on clips or depend on pulling up on pedals in order to move your bike around obstacles and things like that. So if you're on a flat set of pedals, let's work on helping you not have your pedal stroke be absolute rubbish. All right. So if you do tend to stomp your pedal strokes and you tend to be a little bit more quad heavy, like I mentioned, then try to guide your pedal stroke with your heels a little bit as you bring your foot back around to the top of the pedal stroke. And when I say the top of the pedal stroke, I basically mean that to be right around 12 o'clock or noon. If you look at the pedal being on a clock face. So if it's basically fully up and down. So as you're bringing it back 
around to that top of the pedal stroke, just think about driving a little bit with your heels, putting some pressure into the pedals, uh, and you know, using that traction that your shoe should have with the spikes on your flat pedals, uh, the pins. Yeah, I should, I'm calling them spikes because God bless, they feel like spikes when they drive into your shin. Am I right? Am I right? Uh, but they are, they're called pins. So, you know, that, that traction that you have between the pins and your shoes, that will really help you kind of grip that pedal and bring it around. And that in turn will help you engage your hamstrings and also engage a little bit of your glutes too in the process while you're bringing it around for that full pedal stroke. So this is where we are really working to involve more muscles in the pedal stroke, which mo muscles means mo watts, just to let you know. Uh, So if you wanna get more power out of those pedal strokes, you really wanna help and involve your hamstrings, involve your glutes, involve these larger muscle groups and not just become so dependent upon your quads, especially if you are noticing that, hey, you know, your quads might be getting a little smoked on certain rides. This is something where you want to take some time and think about your pedal stroke, think about how you are on the bike and your position and all of this stuff because it does play into the big picture. Now, another way to be efficient on the bike is to think about where you hurt most when you bike. (laughs) Uh, So think about where do you feel aches and pains while you're biking or after your bike, your bike ride. So if if you start to feel a little bit of a flare up in, you know, uh, your right hip, for example, that's a common one. So right hip, okay. Or maybe you're feeling a little bit of a flare in your low back and you're just feeling excessively fatigued in that low back region. Or maybe you're feeling a little bit fatigued in your triceps or in between. I'm trying to think of, so pardon me while I'm doing this podcast because I'm just trying to think of things that I've had clients tell me over the years or things that I've also experienced over the years. For me, it's been my hip. Um, so low back, talked about triceps, uh, grip, you know, that can definitely be a thing. I wouldn't necessarily want to talk about that too much on this episode though, but we already have a good list of, of probably the most common things that I hear from clients and friends, right? When you stop and you think about what you have kind of going on in your body in terms of aches and pains and things like that, either during or after your bike rides, those are also indicative of areas in your body that you might need to maybe shine a little bit of attention on. That being said, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have a back issue or that you have um, a tricep issue or that you have, you know, like just because you have a pain or an ache in a certain part of your body doesn't necessarily mean that that part of the body is actually what's the, the main cause of the problem. Of course, please, let me remind you, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not even a DPT or anything. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not a doctor of physical therapy. I am not an individual who has gone to school extensively and gone through medical school and has knows the insertion points and everything like that for musculature in your body. I'm not that type of individual. So please know I cannot diagnose you because sometimes I do have folks diving into my DMs, unfortunately, and I do have to, I do have to refer them to PTs in my network. You know, I really, really recommend Zach Harmon. 
with uh, True Strength here in Denver, as well as Tori Reed. Really do recommend her. I know she's taking a, a little bit of a hiatus to follow a dream uh, just for this winter, but I really recommend getting in line with a physical therapist to get an, a, an official diagnosis, but go go and seek out a physical therapist that's not going to have you be bedridden or is going to not ask you, nope, you need to just not ride your bike for like, I don't know, six months or whatever the hell they tell you. Um, I always love it when they tell the CrossFitters not to lift for six months. I mean, come on, what are they thinking? These are individuals that, you know, are in my network in particular, just try to find a PT. If you don't work with either of those individuals I just mentioned, do try to find a PT that will work with you and will encourage you to continue to do what you love to do because that is what brings you joy. That is what brings you mental happiness and just happiness in, in general. And, you know, nothing is worse than actually just taking time off completely because then how are you going to know that you're actually getting better? I know I just uh, went on a little side tangent there, but I'm very passionate about that. And another thing I also wanted to note is that I am extremely passionate about you not thinking that you're broken. Even if you legitimately have a broken bone in your body, you're not broken. You can still do a lot of things with your body. You can still do a lot of things with your training. There's just some adjustments that need to be made, okay? So please know that when I talk about these things, that doesn't mean that you're broken. So repeat after me. I know I said this an episode or two ago, but it's so important to me. I just want you to think that you're not broken, okay? I am just trying to shine a flashlight on an area of your body that could be impacting your performance on or off the bike. Simple as that. Okay, that being said, I'm going to step off my little soapbox here. And I just want you to think about the areas in your body that you might ache uh, or experience any type of pain or discomfort either during your bike rides or after your bike rides. Pause for a moment. Think about that. All right. I've already named a few things. And I'll use these couple of items or a couple of areas as an example, because I think we all learn better when we have an example. So I've even talked about this in past episodes, but you know, if you're experiencing some low back pain, it could be, could be indicative that maybe you just need to, uh, you know, enhance your core strength. But before I even get into that, I want you to think about your low back pain. If you're experiencing that, after or during a bike ride, that is your body signaling like, hey, I'm working this particular area harder than I probably should given the activity that I'm doing. So if you're thinking about like, hey, you just went for like a, I don't know, an hour long bike ride, right? You shouldn't be experiencing too many aches and pains after something that's maybe not as extreme or not as intense or, you know, it's not like a six hour bike ride, right? or even a three hour like Alpine ride. So think about it that way. And you have to start to recognize those signals that your body is giving, giving you, uh, you know, either during or after your bike rides, because those are an attempt by your body to just say, Hey, like there's something going on here. And again, doesn't mean you're broken. It's just trying to draw attention to that part of your body. Okay. That being said, You know, if you are experiencing any type of low back pain, obviously go get checked out, please. But I'm also trying to give you some ideas to work with, especially if you do have a strength training program or you are working with a strength coach who's maybe not me, because uh, it's really important for you to be very honest and and, 
just truthful and upfront and very transparent with your with your trainer because it really helps that person whoever your trainer is helps them it helps them work the program for you that way you don't feel like the program is working against you because there's nothing worse than that right so low back pain again could indicate your core is a little bit weak but here's the thing it's also indicating that it's your body is trying to compensate your body is trying to pull watts from that particular part of your body so if you're not really engaging your core or you're not engaging your hamstrings or glutes effectively during your pedal strokes like i just talked about a few moments ago that can bring about a little bit of low back pain or other aches and pains throughout the body it's basically your body signaling, hey, I'm trying to draw power and draw strength and, and energy from this particular part of my body that might not be ready to handle it right now. Uh, and it could be because maybe you have like weaker quads or weaker glutes. That's probably the most common thing. And your body is therefore just trying to pull strength from a stronger part of your body or a weaker part of your body. I know those are two extremes, but... I have seen it happen uh, with myself, you know, with work that I've done with myself, with with a PT, with a qualified PT. And I've also heard about these stories from the PTs that I work with, about other mountain bikers that they work with and other cyclists really in general that they work with. So think about those areas in your body. That is in essence where your body is pulling some of those watts from. And could be in a, a little bit of a negative way. I, I I don't even want to use the word negative, but I'm going to go ahead and use it just for the sake of getting this point across because your body is throwing out signals to you. So please, please, please listen to them. If you have some pains in between your shoulders, for example, in between your shoulder blades, great. You might have a little bit of a weakness in the musculature that's there in your rhomboids, or maybe your scapula aren't moving correctly because you've crashed so many times on your right side, for example, and your shoulder just isn't as stable and strong. Again, these are just examples of things that I've seen or experienced myself. And, you know, it's more common than you think because, hey, we're on mountain bikes. We are an aggressive athlete on two wheels on a surface that kind of moves underneath us. You know, it can slip, especially if you're out here in Colorado and you're not somewhere that's a little bit stickier, like in North Carolina or, you know, Washington State or someplace. So, you know, we're on a surface that moves and also on a bike that moves underneath of us. Because of those unstable surfaces, we have to be stable as humans. Like we have to be as, as stable and as resilient as possible. And that why that's one of the reasons why I find strength training is so incredibly important for mountain bikers, especially for the shoulder, especially for the core, and especially for a lot of the trunk muscles, or excuse me, a lot of the uh, posterior chain muscles, such as the glutes and hamstrings, because it is such a quad dominant sport. We do have to make sure that we're addressing the other muscles. That way we're not giving ourselves, uh, a little bit of an imbalance. And again, I'm not saying this in a negative way because you're going to naturally have some imbalances just as a human, that's just going to happen. But how can you kind of work with your imbalances to enhance your strengths and, you know, really help to dial back those imbalances to where they're not causing you low back pain and they're not causing you tricep pain and they're not causing you, you know, all of these other pains, maybe uh, hip pain or something like that. So think about those things. Think about the signals your body's giving you. And, you know, 
in turn, that will really help you make your pedal stroke more efficient and then help your power become so much more efficient in those pedals. So just something to think about. And again, it's um, unfortunately, I'm not really able to diagnose. Even if I were to have a PT on here, I mean, honestly, they weren't, they wouldn't be able to diagnose you, uh, generally speaking, without seeing you and seeing your movement patterns and just seeing how, how you do move in space, because that is incredibly important. Um, but yeah, you know, I just wanted to hop on here because it is something I've been noticing that I'm hearing a lot from friends and athletes that I work with, or I'm starting to work with actually like my newer athletes where they're starting to just say, Hey, I have this knee pain or I have this like knee pain. I'm not sure what's causing what, what it's, what's causing it, or I have this persistent low back pain. And you kind of have to think of a few things. Um, obviously you have to think about your lifestyle and how you, how you work, you know, cause some people do have jobs that require them to stand for hours on end, uh, you know, and it, and that can put some strain on the body that maybe you're not addressing with mobility and stretching and kind of like self-care routine, but there's a lot of things to look at. So please know I can never really give a, like a blanket type of statement for everyone. Believe me, I wish I could, cause it would make my, make my job a lot, a lot easier, but that's why I love coaching so much is because every single person who comes to me is a little bit like a puzzle piece and, or a puzzle rather. And I'm trying to just put the puzzle pieces together to help them kind of look as smooth as possible and feel as smooth as possible. Anyways, that's all I have to say is, you know, just bring some awareness to the signals that your body's giving you. Try to make that pedal stroke as efficient as possible and use as much musculature as you can to generate the power to the pedals. But predominantly, I just wanted to share like, hey, I want you all to think about those signals that your body's giving you because that is so important. And I don't want folks to ignore those signals that that are being, you know, given off by their bodies and and then they're they wait years and years to respond to those signals and then they have a much larger issue and it's an issue that just is going to take longer to to kind of come back from. So let's try to avoid that. That's basically what I wanted to hop on here for here for you is is just try to avoid that try to avoid getting to that point and really just listen to your body and take care of yourself. It's one reason why I have some mobility programs in my shred strong program is because it's so important. That is one of the tenets of my approach with training is just trying to spend at least a few minutes a day, uh, or at least three days a week, just trying to move your body through the ranges of motion, working on your ankle flexibility, working on, you know, foam rolling a little bit, but not excessively foam rolling. Cause there is such thing as excessively foam rolling, which I think can cause, you know, more issues. But if you do purposeful foam rolling, it can just really kind of feel good and help train your brain to not experience that pain in that type of sequence. So it can help alleviate any type of tightness and and aches and pains, which is really great. But again, with mobility, you still need to work on stability. So you still need to work on that strengthening aspect of things. But anyways, ah, I always hate signing off only because that just means I don't get to talk with you all. Uh, on that note, again, thank you for listening to this. Really, I can't even put it in words how grateful I am for that. And for you dedicating some time in your day to listening to my podcast. If you have any podcast topic ideas or questions or things like that, shoot me an email, 
jen at shifthumanperformance.com. I will link it in the bio or not link in the bio. I'm going to link it in the show notes. I'm also going to link in the show notes, a couple of other episodes that have kind of referenced strength training and core and things like that, that I've been talking about for the past few weeks. And for those of you starting, uh, with the shred, shred, gotta say that three times fast, starting with me, with the upcoming shred strong release, starting on Monday, the 11th, which is actually when this podcast episode will air. I just want to say thank you to all of you. Uh, the few dozen that have joined the program. I am so excited. I'm doing the program with you. I'm really excited to get started on Monday because we've been doing a deload for the past week or so. And I'm just kind of, I'm just chomping at the bit to get back in the gym and start lifting a little bit heavier and getting a little bit more focused with my strength focus and stability focus over the winter. Oh, I'm just so excited. I can't even tell, I can't, ah, I can't even put it in words. Anyways, I hope you all have a beautiful day and an excellent start to your week. Again, if you need anything, reach out.